The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. I'm in the midst of teaching a new series titled Open Your Mind to Prosperity, which is based upon the book of the same title by Catherine Ponder. I am strongly suggesting, and not just suggesting, requesting, that everyone who follows along with this series order the book Open Your Mind and Prosperity by Catherine Ponder. I'm going to teach the book chapter by chapter until I'm finished. And I think that this book is extremely practical and some of her best work. And she has fantastic work, but it's very direct to the point, gives you her highlights of what she has taught through the years and I think they can be beneficial to your life, even if it's where you want to be as far as prosperity is concerned. And remember, prosperity is not limited to financial abundance. It absolutely includes it, but it also includes health and body. It also includes peace of mind. It also includes harmony in your life, world and affairs. So let's just be clear. So the idea behind it is to, to shift from being an everyday ordinary thinker to being a prosperity thinker. So today we're going to cover cleanse your mind for prosperity. Cleanse your mind for prosperity. And remember, you can call in and ask questions at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. If you have any questions or you want to make a comment, and I would love a testimony or testimonies of anybody who has worked with Catherine Ponder's material and you got a definite demonstration that you're willing to share to the listeners. It would be of benefit to me and it would be of benefit to the listeners. So I'm going directly to page 26 in my book, Chapter 2, Cleanse Your Mind for Prosperity and it reads, cleansing or purification is the first step in prosperity. So that needs we need to just stop right there because there are a lot of different books that teach things a lot of different ways when it comes to prosperity and money. Catherine's, Catherine Ponder's position is the first thing you need to do if you really want to demonstrate total, pure, and permanent prosperity is to 
cleanse your mind or purify your mind. And she said that it was a part of a three-step process. She said or wrote, the mystics had a three-point formula for success. Purification or cleansing, illumination or receiving guidance on how to to be prospered, and three, union with God and his good. These three steps to success are covered in this and the following chapters. So through this book, she's going to be teaching. She might not always say this is purification, this is illumination, this is union. But through the book, she's teaching these three principles over and over again. And we need to just get clear about cleansing. Let's just talk about it from a physical level. We all know that it doesn't make a difference how nice our clothes are. It doesn't make a difference how nice our cologne or perfume is. It doesn't make a difference, um, you know, if, you know, for those who wear makeup and things of that nature, um, how nice the makeup is or how nice your haircut or your hairstyle is. If you want your body to function properly and smell properly, the thing you have to do daily sometimes many times a day is cleanse it shower bathe soap water doesn't make a difference how much people like you you have to clean your body if you want it to remain healthy and you want to be able to attract people in your space well to be mentally healthy we have to cleanse the mind of erroneous beliefs that interfere with our ability to demonstrate good. We have to be very practical. It doesn't make a difference how much we know if we're not willing to eliminate the beliefs that hinder us, eliminate the feelings that hinder us, eliminate the stories that we have around whatever we've been through in our past that interfere with our prosperity. We have to cleanse the mind. And she gives examples. She wrote the, uh, on page 26, the Bible is filled with cleansing symbolism, sacrifice, renunciation, repentance. Even the wailing wall in Jerusalem is symbolic of letting go of negative emotions that is, that is necessary before prosperity can come. The next page she wrote, life is a constant purification process. If you try to bypass this cleansing process in your thoughts and feelings, you bypass your good because you have not cleaned out your mind and emotions to receive the good you want. So one of the things that this is telling me at least is. You have to prepare your mind for the good you desire. You have to prepare your life for the good that you desire. So cleansing your mind for prosperity is an, is an intentional act to prepare for your good. An intentional act. She goes on to write... On page 27, you must get rid of what you do not want to make way for what you do want. You must get rid of what you do not want to make way for what you do want. Some of us, you know, mentally and physically just keep too many things that are necessary to 
to our growth. They've served their purpose. They don't even have real value or meaning to us. But we just like to hoard things. We like to hoard things. We like to hoard emotions, hoard thoughts, hoard, hoard beliefs, hoard stories. It's a part of the process. She goes on to say, substance does not flow easily into a cluttered, crowded situation. Substance does not flow easily into a cluttered, crowded, hate-filled emotional state. So if I'm allowing myself outwardly or inwardly to allow disorganization and clutter to be the, the order of the day in my life, then I'm actually interfering with the flow of God's good in my life. Then she wrote, you must begin to form a vacuum in both outer and inner ways. Magnetic influences are transmitted through a vacuum. By forming a vacuum, you become magnetic to your good. I have seen it happen hundreds of times. So, forming a vacuum... In other words, getting rid of what was there so the vacuum can attract that which you desire, that which you've placed your mind on, that's which you de- desire at a deep soul level. But we shouldn't try to build something on something else. We have to get empty. This is another way of saying that. We have to get empty. Am I willing to get or become empty? Am I willing to become empty and admit that I need to get out of my own way by releasing that which is no longer necessary or maybe was never necessary for my life? So how do we do that? She wrote in Outer Cleansing on page 27, get rid of what you do not want in an outer way. So this is a step. So you want to know what are the to-dos? First one is, she said, clean up, clean out the closets, desk drawers, house, car, office, let me add garage, I'm <laughs> forming a vacuum in an outer way makes a believer out of your subconscious mind. So you, as you're doing these outer actions, creating organization in your outer space, you are actually convincing your inner space. So be very present to making sure that you create organization in your outer space by Getting rid of anything you don't need in your office, get it off of your desk. Uh, in your office, if you have one, clean up the files. It's like that. Um, getting rid of old clothes that you know you will never wear again. Or unless you plan on... You know, really going forward with the, with the diet and exercise, maybe might not ever fit again. And I'm not saying don't go for it. If that having that that outfit, that suit, that dress in the closet is the motivator to to get you back to that 
preferred size, then to God be the glory. But if not, let somebody be blessed who can actually wear it now and know that God will provide for you that which is needed in your new and current experience. She goes on to write, there has to be a release of the old to make way for the new. You can unblock your good by forming a vacuum. Forming a vacuum. You know, go around, make a list of, okay, what do I need to clean up? What do I need to cleanse? Start looking around your outer environment. Walk around your home, okay? And here's the key. Write down when you're going to do it as you do your evaluation. I'm not saying knock all, all, all of it out in one day, but really clean the house and really clean the kitchen and bathrooms and really clean out the closets and throw away the stuff and really clean out the drawers and it, and it work really clean out the files and really clean out the paperwork. Really do it because you're telling your subconscious mind, I am open and receptive to new good. I don't have clutter in my space. Just be present to that. Just be present to it. That 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 old furniture that's broke down that, that you're holding on to, it might be time to put it on the curb in the alley. Or in the alley, depending on how your garbage gets picked up. I'm not saying you should throw your furniture away. I'm just saying some of it has potentially, you know, did what it was supposed to do. Its life cycle is over. You know, if if you bought that furniture when they were still putting plastic over the couches, then possibly it might be time for a new style anyway. Just saying. Be very present to that. All right. So she gives some examples about this, about, you know, people finding money and clothes, people finding other situations when they start cleaning out opportunities, possibilities, etc. I'm more concerned and all those things can happen because I've heard other people say the same thing. And I've actually had it happen to me when I actually went through some old stuff like, oh I had a twenty dollar bill in here, all I had whatever. Well you just forget that you you put the money in the suit jacket that you haven't worn in a couple of years or in the pants or the whatever. But the point of it is you're actually conditioning your mind. And then she gives throughout the book affirmations to state based upon what you're doing. And this one she wrote, I now let go of worn out things, worn out conditions, and worn out relationships. Divine order is now established and maintained in me and my world. So, you know, so obviously she said people. (laughs) So that also means that, you know, sometimes that means People need to get out of your space because they're blocking your blessings. If people, if people, if certain people are always bringing chaos to your space, you might, might need to reevaluate that. No, not might. You need to reevaluate why you're in it because they're not bringing peace, harmony, or anything to it, or even enjoyment. If that enjoyment is attached to a large dose of crazy, chaos, drama, trauma, um. And, and mess, then you're not asking peace to come into your experience because you, because 
via universal law, if you're getting if 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 you're getting engaged and feeling is being involved in the drama, then you know as Reverend Ike used to say, feeling gets the blessing. If you have intense emotional feelings around the drama and the meaning, and it triggers you and gets you going, then to a certain point, you're telling universal law, this is what you want more of. I'm just saying. All right. She wrote on page 29, give up the expensive, even the new. And this is really interesting because a lot of times people won't give up something that's new or really expensive, even if they don't want to do anything with it. Even if they even directly know somebody else can benefit from it. But, you know, if, if those suits are nice or those dresses are expensive, it's still okay to give them away or those shoes. You can even give them to the Salvation Army or Goodwill and get a tax break. You know, so it's more than one way to skin a cat. You can still benefit from giving stuff away. You know, you know, if you go through material, um, you know, you know, several years back, I know I gave just a ton of stuff to the Goodwill because I knew I wasn't going to do anything with it. And a lot of it was barely worn and not utilized. You know, some of it before my daughter, who's 17, was born. So after a while, you just got to start asking the question, like, you know what? I'm creating space for no good. And as you're doing it, I'm creating space for new good. And you have to have that as your own mantra. I'm creating space for my own, for my new good. So as you're doing things and you're cleansing your life out, cleaning your life out, rather, I'm creating space for my new good. All right. Then she wrote on page 31, cleansing through order. She wrote, you can cleanse your mind for prosperity by getting things in order generally. As you do so, affirm divine order. So as you're doing stuff, affirm divine order, divine order. When you don't see divine order in the space, you have to say it to yourself over and over again because you're shifting your mind. Because as you continue to affirm divine order, your mind starts to process the experience differently. Because at first you're seeing chaos. It's sort of like a puzzle. You go to a table and somebody scattered all the pieces. And your mind has to be focused enough to say, okay, what's the first piece that I can put and I can connect to another piece? And eventually you can put the whole puzzle back together. But that's only done by orderly thinking. That, you know, this is why when you get puzzles, when you look on the side of the box, it'll tell you uh, what age this particular puzzle is for. It'll say age three and up, age five and up, age 10 and up, age 13 and up, because it doesn't make sense to give that. A 13 uh, age or up puzzle to a three-year-old because they can't see the order. And many times when we're trying to explain the situations or circumstances to people, if they don't have orderly thinking, they literally can't see what you see. And this is why it's even more important for you to be an orderly thinker when you're in a situation where people can't see it because then you become the visionary because you can see beyond what's appearing by the way that creates value for you that can be utilized to create or generate prosperity so 
We're coming up on our first break. Don't forget you can call in at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489 to ask a question, make a comment, or give a testimony about working with some of Catherine Ponder's material. We'll be right back with True Transforms. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. Every moment we live can be holy, and all we need to do to experience that state is to make the decision to do so. Everything we do can be a prayer, and by using our innate creativity with intention, in every aspect of our lives, that can indeed be true. Author Carla Kincannon wrote, Creativity is so much more than art making. It is a tool for navigating through everyday experiences to find the sacred in each God-given moment. Discover Creative Spirit, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time, and experience the joy of connecting to spirit through creative expression. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Again, we're in the midst of the series, Open Your Mind to Prosperity, based upon Catherine Ponder's book of the same name. I want to remind you that this show has a Facebook page. You can go to, to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell on Facebook. Like the page. It's also a quick way to get messages to me, etc. Um... Don't forget that these shows are available via iTunes and Stitcher. Go on iTunes, go on Stitcher, write um, reviews for them. You know, if you like the show, give it the highest rating so it can be promoted because the more shows are promoted, the more people um, iTunes and Stitcher will let people know about them. If If we have the listeners, then they promote it and you just never know where the show might go. Um, share the links to the show from the website. They normally post them the next day and, you know, share them on your pages or send them to people you might think might be, be able to benefit from a message like this. So let's get to doing it. Also be reminded that Unity Online Radio, um, 
is sending these messages, not just this show, but shows all around the world. I mean, several shows all around the world. And as you freely receive, freely give. So go to unity.fm, click on the donate button and help support this online ministry. Now, just so happened that I looked down uh, during the break and realized I had a, a message from my phone, which I normally don't check my phone during the show because I'm in the mode of teaching. But I got a message from a, a man named Irvin, and he wrote, um, um, what does the author, basically the gist of it is the author uses the word my own within the affirmation. What does this mean? And my own is just a way of claiming it for yourself. Because what ends up happening is we can believe that something is generally true, but not true for us. You know, I could think something is possible. Don't mean that I think it's possible for me. So by claiming or affirming I'm my own, I am agreeing that this truth that I'm proclaiming is for me. It's not just God can heal. God can heal me. It's not just God can prosper. God can prosper me. Not just God can enlighten. God can enlighten me. It's, it's making sure that we don't get to the point that we're always separating ourselves from God because uh, humanity generally functions from a sense of separation from God. We're not separate from God, but we have a sense of separation. Therefore, our belief system is there's God that is transcended and beyond us, and then there's us. Instead of there's God that is transcended and above all things, and there's God also functions as eminence, which is within, working within its creation. So when I claim that it's my own, I am personalizing it for me. So it's not just God is good. God is good in my life. You have to make it your own. You have to personalize it. You have to take it out of the sky or out of the universe or out of the whatever it is and make sure that what you affirm is for you. So Captain Ponder is just a master, literally a master in, in making that connection by having you affirm it over and over again. You're training your subconscious mind to accept the truth that already is. But God works through you, not just not on you, through you, you know. So if you can't accept it in mind, then, it's, you know, I'm just not, I just don't see how you can accept it in your life, world and affairs, because it has to work through your own consciousness or the collective consciousness of individuals. All right. Back to the book. He goes on. She went on to say on page thirty one. I was reading. God does not violate the orderly arrangement of events. Now, when she's talking about God in this context, she's talking about God as divine law. And we have to remember, in New Thought, we don't teach that God is a, is a, is some being somewhere up up there somewhere with a big book that's answering prayer and withholding from certain people's prayers or giving some good to others and and withholding good from others or saying these people are chosen and and they're more important to me than these other people based upon race, gender, religion, nationality, and all the other things we use to divide ourselves. We don't believe in a God like that. But it's important when you read material to think about what aspect of God is being referred to. So in this context, she's talking about God as divine law or universal law or cause and effect or 
uh, law of mind action, thoughts held in mind produced after their own kind. So in this context, she's saying God as law, I would add, does not violate the orderly arrangement of events. Instead, he, it, divine law, seems to withhold the next development until order is first established in the present situation, in the present state of mind. So in other words, you don't get to skip the stage you're in. You have to create order in this at the level that you are currently living to move on to the next stage of your evolution. Now, Reverend Coleman used to say, if you don't get the lesson, you'll be sitting in that same third grade chair forever until you get it. And that was a funny way of saying, you know, being a picture, being a, a 25 years old, sitting in a third grade classroom in a little desk with the armrest. You've outgrown it physically, but obviously you haven't learned the lessons that the teacher is giving you. Well, life is a teacher. And the people we encounter are teachers and our experiences are teachers and we have to be in the orderly arrangement of things. So until we're willing to get the lesson. And how do you know you need to get the lesson out of the experience that you're in? Here's the key. You're in it. As um, um a couple of years ago, I interviewed, was it last year? I think last year, early last year, I interviewed Mary O'Malley, and she wrote a book called What's in the Way is the Way. Why do I know I need to deal with this? It's in my face. Now, just because it's in your face don't mean you have to fight it. That don't mean you have to always take outward action. But it does mean that you need to get your mind right about it. That's key. Your mind right about it. Say, for instance, bad relationships. Or financial um, um, financial issues or health issues. The body's not functioning the way it's supposed to function. Guess what? That means it's in your face. You need to deal with it. You know, uh, as as Jim Brown said to Richard Pryor when Richard Pryor was abusing drugs, and he came to his house and said, "What you gonna do?" And every time Richard Pryor had an excuse, he would just say, what you going to do? Over and over again, what you going to do? The bill, the, the more bills and then in the month than money, what you going to do? Body's not acting right. Health is not what it needs to be. What you going to do? Relationships not giving you what you feel as though, whether that's intimate relationships, family, friends, what you going to do? Career seems to be stymied right now. What you going to do? Not living with a sense of purpose, vision, mission. What you going to do? It just keeps asking you that question over and over again. Life. What you going to do? Because... God does not violate the orderly arrangement of events. Instead, he seems to withhold the next development until order is first established in the present situation, in the present state of mind. What you going to do? So, she said, she gives a way to handle this. On page 32, she wrote, make your elimination list. 
She wrote, you can cleanse your mind for prosperity by writing out what you want eliminated from your life. Now, just think about that. You look at your life and you really start saying, what is it that I really want gone? Because if you make a list like that, here's what you're going to really get to. Your whys. Because if you write it on there, you have to have a reason. And your reason is your why. You know, obviously, we're going to get to what you want in your life. But this chapter is about cleanse your mind for prosperity. These are the steps you take to get the issues out of the way so you can build. Instead of, you know, we try to affirm and build and plan and strategize and market and advertise and, and you know, all the other mental manipulations without dealing with our soul stuff. That's really interfering with our lives and stopping us from expressing our greater good. What is it that you no longer want? Write it all out. Don't think about it in your head. Write it all out. She goes on to write. Bottom of page 32. Inner cleansing through release. The function of elimination is twofold, to eliminate error and to expand your good. Elimination of something from your your life is always an indication that something is better on the way. After writing about what you want eliminated, it is good to declare, I let go and trust. Because when you let go of something, even if it's not something that you really desire in your life, it's familiar to you. This is why some people stay in relationships too long they allow family to abuse them emotionally sometimes physically this is why people stay on jobs too long this is why people stay in neighborhoods sometimes they've outgrown it's familiar we just get caught up in the emotions of a thing without realizing that life is telling us to move Time to move. And here's the thing that's that's really tripped out about it. She doesn't talk about this in this chapter, but life is pressing to move to a certain extent. Yes, God won't, won't, you know, as divine law, needs the orderly arrangement of things by right of consciousness to demonstrate in your life. But that doesn't mean God as desire is not moving as impulse trying to create greater good in your space. So when you're refusing to eliminate, you actually create conflict in yourself because it seems like you're being pulled in two different directions. You're being pulled to stay and you're being pulled to move. This is why the elimination process is necessary because you'll always be in the process where you have to reevaluate how change is showing up in your space through you. All right, moving on. She wrote on page 33, when you are trying to achieve a result and it has not come, it is often because there is still something in mind, body and affairs or relationships that you need to renounce, free, release or eliminate. As long as you put off this elimination process, you put off results. So the longer I refuse to deal with my stuff, the longer I have the stuff and I don't have the good I desire. She goes on to write. Every phase of life requires renunciation. Every advancement 
means the reject rejection of something old. But elimination not only takes something excuse me from you, it gives something to you. So even the body understands this process. We take, we release. We take in food and beverages and we release. It's a natural part of what we do. It's the give and take. The heart is pumping blood through the arteries. It comes back through the veins to come to the heart to be to receive oxygen so it can go back through the arteries. It's a give and take. It's a give and take. All right. So she wrote that a per- businessman of Detroit asked, how does my subconscious mind know what to eliminate? It may eliminate the wrong thing. So she wrote, the subconscious mind does not know, but the superconscious or Christ mind or the higher awareness does does know what to eliminate and will work through both the conscious and subconscious activities of mind to properly eliminate from your world that which should be eliminated when you call on the Christ consciousness to do so. So in other words, first of all, you need to get still. You need to do your prayer work. And then she gave an affirmation. This is just an example. You don't have to use these words, but again, she gives very good concrete steps. So if you're wondering, I don't know what to, to do next. She gives you the steps. Christ in me. Or you can add, you can change Christ in me to spirit in me if Christ doesn't work. God in me. Whatever. The divinity in me. Christ in me is my releasing power. Christ in me is my freeing power. Christ in me now frees me from all resentment or attachment towards or from people, places, or things of the past or present. I am now releasing everything and everybody of the past or present that are no longer part of the divine plan for my life. Christ in me manifests my true place with the true people and the true prosperity now. In other words, she's saying it so when you don't know what to do, this is an example of an affirmation you can use to call forth that spiritual consciousness, that Christ consciousness, that superconscious activity, that higher awareness that knows what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And then you'll know what needs to go, what needs to leave. All right, and she wrote it this way. I love it on page 34. Divine intelligence always knows what to do and responds when we call on it. Now, I love that. Responds. You know, we're sometimes, wait, where are you, God? Have you have you called? For in an affirmative way of what you desire. I'm not talking about begging and pleading and trying to make deals with God. I'm talking about being very clear about what it is that you desire. And if it's guidance that you desire, then you have to call it forth. All right. Then she goes on to say, clean out your life. And I only have about a minute to go on this part because obviously I'm not going to be able to teach the whole chapter I'm just hitting some highlight points. That's why I want you to read the book yourself, because what I cover might not be the thing you need to hear. But she wrote, along with cleaning out the closets, you must also clean out your life if you wish to cleanse your mind for prosperity. If you want to be prospered, be healed and have your prayers answered, you must clean up and clean out your life. And then she uses something, and I, and I realize she uses some older language, but I want to explain it. It is useless to affirm benefits, protection, supply, guidance, and healing if all the time you are doing things which you know are not right in the sight of God and man. So what she's talking about, sight of God and man, is making sure that you're living your life in a way that's in harmony with that which you say you want to demonstrate. 
golden rule. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Are you speaking right? You want prosperity? Are you? Can you speak right to people? Can you act kind? Uh, don't be a backstabber. Be compassionate. Express love. Use wisdom. Uh, choose your actions wisely. Be a decent person. <laughs> you know, real fundamental stuff. So get your actions, behaviors, and perceptions together. So you are a match for the vibration, for the prosperity, for the peace, healing, health, etc. that you desire. In other words, you can't demonstrate the truth that you want, which is functioning at a higher level of consciousness at the same low level. So let's take our last break. And then we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Weather forecasters can provide guesstimates based on scientific data, but in the end, we cannot know with absolute certainty what the weather will be until we live it. Life works the same way. We may think we know what's going to happen, expecting the best while preparing for the worst. We can keep a positive frame of mind and weather any storm because we are one with the ever-present miracle-working power of God. We are mightier than any circumstance on this earth because we are divine in nature and a part of the eternal. We live in a world where we can realize our possibilities because we know that with God all things are possible. And the way to keep our hearts and minds centered and focused on divine potentialities is through prayer. As author Frances W. Folks wrote in her book, Effectual Prayer, If the time of achievement seems long, pray. If the way seems dark, pray. If the results seem delayed, pray. Morning, noon, and night, pray. Pray without ceasing. This Mindful Moment is brought to you by Daily Word magazine. For more than 90 years, Daily Word has helped people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Take advantage of our 30-day free trial of the digital edition. You'll receive access to the online magazine, a daily email with the Word for the Day, and the Daily Word app. To sign up for the 30-day free trial, visit unityonlineradio.org slash dailyword. experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. We're on page 34 of the book. And Catherine Ponder wrote, so often when one first learns of the power of thought, 
He thinks he can use mind power to force other people to do what he wants them to do. He tries to plaster over his life with affirmations. He may even get temporary results, but those results will only be temporary unless they have been founded upon the right basis. So in other words, this isn't mental manipulation of others or ourselves. And this isn't, I'm not going to deal with my real soul issues. I'm just going to use this truth and, and get to it and, and think, and then think that the stuff that's deeply in my soul won't come back to haunt my current experiences. And I'm using the word haunt intentionally because what I don't deal with today I have to deal with. And that doesn't mean you have to be squeaky clean to demonstrate truth. Lord knows that's not true. It's a, but what it is saying is sooner or later, you have to deal with some of the deeper stuff that's in your soul, especially if it's painful, especially if it's interfering with your blessings, because some things are immediate needs and some things you can push down the line. Say, for instance, you go to the car, car uh, mechanic and he says, okay, these things got to be fixed now. You probably can go six months, eight months. You need to get this addressed before the winter or whatever. So obviously, if if you might say, well, let's take care of the stuff we have to take care of right now. And I know that I'm a, that I'll address this very soon. And if I don't address it, then I'm in the winter of Chicago stuck on Lake Michigan with my car not working, then I don't have anybody to blame but myself because I was aware of it and I didn't do anything about it. So, you know, and Chicago winter doesn't care that you didn't pay attention to what your mechanic told you six months earlier. It is what it is. So, you know, when your engine freezes or or the car stops or whatever, then only thing you can say is, I should have listened. Well, there's a divine guidance. There's a divine intelligence that we just talked about invoking that'll let us know what we need to eliminate, what we need to work on, etc. And that doesn't mean we tackle all of it at one time, but we need to be very aware of it. And we start to make sure how can I change this, shift this, eliminate this, eradicate it from my life. And that that includes people. That includes place. And let's just be clear that sometimes the people think it's funny because Sometimes we don't realize we're the issue and we're the drama and we we're projecting on other people or we're projecting on the on, on a person who's not the real issue. Somebody can be connected to a person and you're projecting on them because you don't want to deal with the real issue. You know, you might be mad at, you know, your your daughter. But you're really upset at your husband, but you don't want to address it with the husband. The daughter is an easier uh, person to to project your nonsense on. For instance, she's using that as an example, or you're project or you're projecting your frustration on your husband, but you're really mad at the coworkers, your coworkers, because they're not pulling their weight doing the things that they need to do. So you're having to take on more responsibilities for no money and and cover their cover them without the acknowledgement of the supervisors, etc. So you get mad, take that out on your husband at home or wife. And that type of stuff happens every day. So this is why we have to be clear about what's going on in our minds and work towards eliminating the things that don't work in our lives. Anyway, moving on. She goes on to say, um, page 35, cleanse your mind through forgiveness. Cleanse your mind for prosperity by practicing forgiveness. 
Many people are never, never permanently prospered no matter what else they do because they are holding grudges and negative feelings towards others. Until they come down to business and forgive, their prosperity does not come. That's that's deep. And that's a lot. So because I'm I want to hold on to the beliefs, and the feelings, and I might be justified, but my justification doesn't change the fact that if I can't grow past this, I get to stay in that experience instead of the prosperity I desire. She goes on to write the word forgive simply means to give up. Forgiveness is not an unpleasant, dramatic, outer act in which you say I'm sorry when you are not. Instead, forgiveness is a pleasant inner act that leaves you at peace with yourself and others. Oh, I love that. Leaves you at peace with yourself and others. Because sometimes the others are even deceased. So you have to always realize that the peace you make is for your own soul. Then, if it needs to be addressed with others, you you do the outer actions that as guided by spirit. You clean it up, in other words. But forgiveness is an inner process. Forgiveness has nothing to do with what other people do or don't do, what they say or don't say, or even if they're still doing it. That doesn't mean because you forgive them and they're still acting up that you stay in their space. I'm not saying that because forgiveness does not mean reconciliation. But it does mean freeing your mind so you can stay in your blessings. She goes on to say on page 37, forgiveness is a constant process. Whenever whenever there is a block to my good, I ask, Father, whom do I need to forgive? What experience or condition do I need to forgive? One person knowing and declaring words of forgiveness for everyone and everything in a situation can dissolve the problem regarding, excuse me, regardless of what others are saying and doing. So what she's saying in this context is, first of all, when she starts seeing blockages in her life, she would say, okay, what needs to be forgiven? What needs to be released? What needs to be let go? Because I'm having a block and. My life was created to flow because I'm the image and likeness of God. I'm spirit. Therefore, when there's blockage, I need to utilize me some spiritual liquid plumber. That I call, that's what I call forgiveness because it cleanses the soul, removes the blockage, and allows you to be present to um. Uh, what is needed for you to demonstrate the good you desire. So what do I mean by that? When we forgive, we free ourselves. I'm not justifying anybody's actions, what they've done. Some people have done what the world would call horrific things. I'm not justifying anybody's actions. What I'm saying is, do you want to be whole? Because if you want to be whole, you have to free yourself through forgiveness. And when you have a sufficient consciousness, you can influence your environment. When you know how to shift your consciousness temporarily, you can raise the consciousness of people around you. That's what scripture says. If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. In other words, as I rise in consciousness, I can draw people up with me. 
This is what it means with praying with somebody who has a consciousness of wholeness for that which you desire. Their higher consciousness can affect you. That's called treatment. It's all spiritual mind treatment and new thought. Because I'm seeing, although the practitioner is seeing, the wholeness of God, not the experience from an elevated level of awareness. All right. So it talks about how to get others to forgive you. And she talks talking about working with the subconscious mind of another person. And she gives an affirmation. I think it's really good on page 38. The Christ in you forgives and frees me. All things are cleared up between us now and forever. And so if you think that you've wronged somebody, I'm not saying you have to pick up the phone and call them. But as you work with, as you think of them and affirm something like this or this exact prayer, what are you doing? You are releasing the mental chain that you have with that person to allow them to be free. Because there's more than life than our physical understanding of it. So we just need to be present to that. Page 39 is just one other thing I want to cover and then I'm going to stop. How to give and receive emotional release. She wrote a fine formula is to forgive your enemies and release your friends. Forgive the people you hate or resent. Release the people you love. Loose your loved ones and let them go to their good. That's a good one because sometimes we try to hold on to them and then we have to work through our own feelings because we don't want to let them live the life that they want to live. But you got to let them do that. Even if, sometimes you've given the guidance, you've tried to help, and if they want to do what they do, you got to let them do that without enabling them. But she goes on to say, remember this about release. You never lose anything that still belongs to you by divine right through the act of emotional release. Instead, you make way for your good to manifest in grander ways than ever before. So as you release people, places, things, situations, you're creating the opportunity for new good in your space. So we're going to stop there. Let me let you know that we're going to cover this book all the way through chapter by chapter. I'm not going to uh, double up on any chapters or anything of that nature because I want to take time. For you to actually do the work, read the chapters ahead of time. So when I'm going through the chapter, you're going through them again. If you're listening to this while you're working out or while you're driving or whatever, obviously you can't read while I'm doing it. But if you're reading ahead, what this will allow you to do is just engage the material in a different way. So just be very present to it and um, be very present to it because I think that matters. Um, next week, I will not have a class, so uh, I mean a show, so I just want to be present to that. So we will start on the next chapter, which is um, create your prosperity mentally first in writing. So what this will give you an opportunity to do is for two weeks, work on what you want to do with this particular method. Read it, pray on it, and then take action. Take action. Take action so god bless you love you all i'll be with you in two weeks with truth transforms thank you for tuning in to truth transforms with reverend galen mcdowell join us every wednesday at 10 a.m for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed prosperous healthy and joyful life truth transforms only on unity online radio 
This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. It is the birthright of each and every one of us to live an awakened life. Most religions and spiritual traditions teach us that we need to adopt a certain belief system or follow some prescribed steps to attain a state of enlightenment. A long-held belief about awakening is that only a small number of people destined to become gurus or spiritual teachers can attain it. It is certainly true that until recent times, only a small number of people on the planet had attained this state of full self-realization. These saints, mystics, and spiritual masters were seen as special. They certainly were at the time. However, times are changing. This message was brought to you by T.J. Woodward, host of Awakened Living Radio. Learn more from T.J. on his weekly podcasts. Episodes are available on UnityOnlineRadio.org, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Have you ever stood by a railroad track when a fast train was approaching from a distance? As the train came nearer, the roar of the engine and the screech of the whistle seemed to rise in pitch and become louder. As it came alongside, it seemed larger than life and ready to engulf you. Then as the train passed by, the sound became lower in pitch and loudness until at last it was merely an echo in the distance. Just like that train, sometimes our experiences appear larger than life just before they pass us by. It seems they are going to engulf us, and then suddenly, they're gone. Perhaps you are in a larger-than-life situation right now. Changing your thoughts can result in positive changes in you and the world around you. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals 
that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.